Hello and Happy New Year. It's not too late to say it, I've just been told. Um, so welcome back to Book Blather, Fact, Fiction and Fabulousness. We hope you had a lovely holiday, uh, did lots of reading, watching TV and things like that. This month we are going to be talking about They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. We'll have Mrs McGarry from The Office as our guest speaker. We'll also be doing a review of what we've been reading and watching in 2022. And as always, what you're reading and what you're watching will feature too. So again, as always, go and get a cup of tea, maybe not a cake if you are abstaining from sugar after, after the holidays, but yeah, enjoy. They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. Yeah, what a book. What a book. It's, um, it's one of those books that you see the title and... You're instantly. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay. Um, I think my first instinct, actually, well, this leads nicely into title. I was like, do I want to read this? Because that's not going to have a good ending. Um, but for me, as an English teacher, I instantly went to English teacher mode and I was like, they both died then? That sounds like very much like Romeo and Juliet. Um, and I, I, I don't know if this is me just English teaching out a little bit, but I've, there's a lot of parallels with it, which is which is really, really good. True, star-crossed mm-hmm. lovers. Type star-crossed lovers and all that, yeah. Um, I think also as well, um, when I was reading this at home, my husband actually saw me reading it and he was like, why are you reading that? Like, what's, what's the point? And he was like, that's a cheery book. But I think the whole way through this book, I was like, surely it's not going to happen. Maybe it's a red herring. They're not going to die at the end. Um, and But I think as you read the book, you kinda, you're hopeful that they won't because the characters are so good. But yeah. and, and that's part of what it does, isn't it? Yeah. Because you, sort of, you read the title and you think, surely not. Mm-hmm. And then you're really left in, in, in doubt about mm-hmm. what is going to happen, even though you think, okay, that's the title, it should mm-hmm. be cut and dried. But it's, um, I think it might be worth for anyone who's not read the book just talking about why, yeah. why it all, how it all comes about. So it's, it's a sci-fi novel. Love it, yep. Which I love. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea is that there's going to be an app in the future called Deathcast mm-hmm. and that... We're, we're not ever told how, but we the, this mm-hmm. company knows when people are going to die and they call them mm-hmm. in the middle of the night to yep. tell them that they've only got 24 hours or less mm-hmm. to live and how they choose to spend that is up to them. Yep. Um, so I love things where you don't go into the background workings yeah. of it, but then you think, what implications does that have for people that they know this information? Yeah. What do they do with it? I think the whole way through as well, I, I was sitting thinking, would I want to know this information? I... And I think after we, well, actually, I think I don't, I don't think I would want to, but then it, it does kind of show you the, the benefits of it, because then you can just live your last day to the fullest, but mm-hmm. I don't know, it's some, something, something quite grim about it. Um, there was, and just this idea that not everyone is able to spend their last day mm-hmm. with the people they yep. would like to spend it with for mm-hmm. whatever reason, and that our two main characters are thrown together by another yep. app that, mm-hmm. that unites people yep. who are looking to spend. Mm-hmm. Is it la- last, last friend? friend yeah, last, last friend. friend. Um, so that that is the setup for the book. So you'd mentioned the title then about the fact that it reminded you of, of Romeo and Juliet. Was mm-hmm. there any other thoughts you had about the the title or? Yeah, um, I think I don't know. I I think it. It, it definitely hooks you. It absolutely hooks you because you're just like, surely not. But hopefully, I, I don't. I don't know. I, it did make me, me hopeful throughout. That was that was the key thing. Very hopeful. What about, what about you? Hope is a good way of yeah. describing it. I had that feeling as well, even though you felt like maybe you shouldn't. But just the thought that there is this thread of hope and mm-hmm. positivity and how you can find connection yeah. in even even difficult circumstances. Yeah. Um, how would you describe the book now you've read it to a potential reader? Um, so I said I said two things actually. So I said a story that explores the importance of living your life to the fullest. Quite cheesy, but I think it is really important because well, one of the characters, Matteo, is very much a 
he's very introverted, he's very quiet, keeps himself to himself. He has a lot of difficulties in his life, like with his father, his father, his mother passed away and his father's unwell um, and is in hospital. So he's got a lot going on, but he kind of shuts himself off from the world and this getting this phone call in the middle of the night just propels him into going, oh, right, I should probably live this last day to the fullest. But what I've also written down as well about living life authentically. So I think they actually used the phrase authentically at some point in the novel. Um, but so obviously the both char the characters are LGBT. Um, so Rufus is bisexual. Matteo, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was confirmed, but he's, he's a member of the LGBT community. Um, so but he was too scared to come out. Um, and the last, his last day kind of forces him, not forces, actually, no, that's not a right way, but he oh. decides that now's the time to come out. And I think in the last moments of, or the last few hours of life, I feel like he lives his life authentically and is, true, and is his true self, which is really, really beautiful to see, which is good. So there's all these sense of regrets mm -hmm. he has at the beginning yeah. of the day, at the beginning of the book, mm -hmm. and this, as you say, this authentic one, yeah. where you think he's doing the things mm -hmm. he, he was too scared to yeah. do for his whole life. Yeah. Um, I I felt that as well. It was um, I used just a quote from the book. I didn't come mm -hmm. up with my own sentence. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit about um, about finding your people and treating each day like a lifetime. Mm -hmm. and I thought that's yeah. an amazing way to yep. you know. I mean, like I know people say it, and it can be one of those sort of throwaway comments. Yeah. But the idea that if this was your life, how would you be mm -hmm. spending it? What what would you be doing? How would you treat people? Mm -hmm. How would you you know that kind of yeah. thing? Um, and I liked it as well because it's one of those brilliant examples of what if. Mm -hmm. I love things where writers or authors have sat and gone, what if you have an app that mm -hmm. says this? How would, how would people react yeah. to it? And I just feel like it's a brilliant example yeah. of that whole thing. Yeah. So we t I talked a little bit about characters there, but for you, do you have a standout character? Who did you who did you go for? I know I shouldn't probably say this so easily because mm -hmm. there's obviously two main characters, yep. but um, Mateo was my standout Ooh, character. I said Rufus. <laughs> oh, there we go. Well, there's a balance. Yeah, yeah. A balance. So why, why Mateo? Um, his kindness. He was a really kind mm -hmm. character. And I sometimes feel like that's... That's a quality that we've seen in books before, like with uh, Wonder. Mm -hmm. But it's in young adult fiction, we see it less or it's buried mm -hmm. a bit more. So I love the thought that on this day when you could be forgiven just for thinking about yourself, yeah. he thought about how his dad would take the news and what he could yeah. do to make it easier for him. Um, his neighbours yeah. taking a tie up loose ends yeah. and his best friend and her daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, so Lydia is a stellar character yes. as well. Love her. She's phenomenal. She's she's not in it as much as I would have mm -hmm. liked. Um, but I, I love that you know reflection of he was looking out for people even when maybe that's a day that you might want other yeah. people to look out for you. And I just thought that was that was brilliant. But you yeah. said Rufus for yours. I said, so I actually wrote down, usually I would say Matteo because I kind of, some at the start of the book, I kind of felt some similarities or so I, I kind of felt connection with Matteo because he is so kind of quiet and introverted. And that was very much me and my teenage self. Like I was just like, I don't know, I was too scared to, to be and to kind of, to, to kind of, I don't know, to push myself outside my comfort zone. So I, I definitely identified a lot with Matteo. Um, but I really like Rufus because I think Rufus brings out the best in Matteo and he encourages him to kind of come out of his shell and helps kind of push him along just very subtly. And then he does, and then sort of after halfway through the note, he doesn't really need to push him. Like he just, Matteo just does it. But I also like the fact that Matteo is you know, hopeful that he can beat Deathcast. Like, he's just like, yeah, like, maybe I am the one to beat Deathcast. And, and all the way through, I'm like, is he going to be the one to beat Deathcast? Please be the one, because <laughs> he's just great. And also, I think he goes through a bit of a transformation himself. So at the start, he is 
you know, he's very angry. The first time we're introduced to Rufus, he is beating up somebody else and it's pretty horrendous. Um, but as the novel goes on, we see more of the kindness and it is, I think, a lot just a kind of tough exterior with him and he is really soft. That's true, he's got a different mm -hmm. kind of kindness, yeah. doesn't he? And gives people courage, yeah. which in itself is a kindness. Yeah. I also think as well, one of the things I've, I've written down is the fact that he's so op open with his sexuality as well. Like, he just, like, you know, he doesn't really know Matteo that well, but he just comes out and says, I'm bisexual and that's it. There's no kind of other discussion about it. It's just like, I am, this is who I am. I am who I am. He's very accepting of his sexuality as well, whereas Matteo, not so much, but is encouraged to, to, to come out and is more comfortable with himself at the end of the novel. But that's something I really admired about him as well, which I thought was great. There was a lot to admire in both of the characters. Yeah, yeah, they're both great. I just love them. <laughs> Glad we spotted yeah. them. Um, was there a, a most memorable moment that you that stood out to you? Um, well, there, there's, a, there's a lot. Like, I mean, there's, I liked some of the 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 world building that was done in the sense that you could go and have like experiences like you could travel around the world and things like that which I thought was cool but for me it was a bit more it was towards the end so um there's a part at the end where the two boys are singing karaoke together and they sing um a song that I really love I'm not going to spoil it because it's a great song but also it kind of it fits with the, the novel and I just thought it was really po uh, poignant but I just thought it was this beautiful moment where they just come together as a team and you know and I think I've written down here that they're living in the face of death um, so they are you know singing karaoke which is not the easiest thing to do in front of a room of people I mean I can't say that I, <laughs> that I would be able to do it but you know they've done something that takes so much courage and they're doing it when they know that they are going to die in like the next few hours. Um, so that moment for me is something I really loved. Well, it's great hearing about music. Yeah, as well. yeah. I think I love music in books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially a song. You know, I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> um, great yeah, I think one. they mentioned a few songs. I was like, yes, banger, banger, great. <laughs> what would be my karaoke song? I don't know. know. Do you know one of the things I love is when authors put together uh, playlists yeah. for their books. Like, right. So if you've if you've enjoyed reading a book, I don't uh -huh. know if Adam Silvera's oh, done that. I'm, it might be worth checking. Mm -hmm. But um, but they put it together so you can play this playlist oh, cool. as you're yeah. reading the book. I like that. I like that. I think that's good. Yeah. What but what have you? What was your standout moment? Um, well, it's probably not a spoiler to say that they spend a lot of the novel saying goodbye mm -hmm. and it was when Matteo says goodbye to his best friend Claudia. Oh gosh, yeah. And it was just, it wasn't overly emotional in what they said to mm -hmm. each other, it was the way, how they, they showed what they meant to each other through their actions. Yeah. And I just thought it was, it really, it made me cry. I yeah. thought it was just a really beautiful depiction of a friendship and it shows you that love yes it's important to say it and yeah. you know but that's not all you need sometimes to show sure. someone that yeah. you, you that you love so mm -hmm. and i think that his his reflection that it wasn't just the big declarations of love which count but all the kind of thousand smaller mm -hmm. from practical ways that you can show somebody yeah. that well just the ways that you tell each other that you love you know you love them every day so that that was my memorable moment yeah it's so sad it's it, we're making it sound like it's a really depressing book. It's really not. <laughs> like, it's, there's lots of really lovely moments, but it's just so sad. Like it's yeah, but it's very good. It's definitely a thread of positivity running through yes. it, despite how yeah. we might be making it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so what about you for a wild wild card for you? What did you what did you say? Well, my wild card is that um, we are in September, mm -hmm. and the book itself takes place over a single day, the fifth yeah. of September. <gasps> and I, I love that. <laughs> In the same way that the 1st of September is the first day of Hogwarts for me, now 5th of September oh, is going to be like the day that this book happens. So I just I love things like that. Mm -hmm. um, he's written two new novels set in the same universe, so the next is going to be called The First to Die at the End. Mm. Um, and it's going to be set on the first day that the Death Cast Act goes live. So oh. it's, it's a prequel of sorts, yeah. not, not with the same two main characters, mm -hmm. but with potentially 
other characters because mm. one of the things in the book is we keep meeting yeah new people yeah, yeah I also like how they introduce the characters like they, I think they say something like like Deathcast did not call Baba Baba today like I quite like that because it instantly takes you in are they going to are they going to die or are they not not going to die exactly and mm-hmm. you know it, it was never straightforward it wasn't always the way you thought it was going yeah to. yeah yeah how about you what was your oh I, I wrote loads <laughs> so I, I've wrote again, written again about the Romeo and Juliet references so I, I love Romeo and Juliet it was I I, I studied it higher I, I just love everything about it um so I, I when you mentioned about the star court crossovers I just love how everything's to do with fate in this like even like from the descriptions of the stars and the planets like they describe the universe they, they describe the the planets like the, we call them the Plutos and things like that and they revolve like all that stuff was was great and I just it was just very Shakespeare and I love the fact that Shakespeare has pretty much like I mean he imagine if he was around nowadays like he would make so much money from like copyright <laughs> like, <laughs> like everyone's just like I'll take his story from here it's great um but yeah I loved all the little subtle subtle references um to Shakespeare um what I really liked though um was the section title so the section the book's divided into segments um with so I think like the first one's called oh sorry let me just get that in a second the first one is called Deathcast and they have little now I've written precepts don't know if that's the right word to use for oh, it like in but wonder. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I'm studying wonder just now with second year so I've kind of got wonder on the brain but they've got really nice little precepts so the first one for example is to live is the rarest thing in the world most people exist that's all and that's from Oscar Wilde and they have them for each segment and it fits with what's going on um but my favorite one I'm just going to find it here um I really like this one. So, it is not death that a man should fear, but he should fear never beginning to live. And that's from Marcus Aurelius, a Roman emperor. Um, so we have a, oh, we've even got a reference from Steve Jobs as well. So it's not just from like, from like from years and years ago. It's like you know, quote, quotes that matter now. Or then, but also I like the fact that they're timeless. Like so that's from a Roman emperor, and that phrase should be something that we all kind of live by. Like, but should never fear beginning to live. I really like that. I just thought it was lovely. You know, that's a brilliant thing to mention because it just shows you that these questions have been on people's mm-hmm. minds for thousands of years. Yeah, it's a, it's a timeless question. What would you do, what do you do with, or how how do you live? Like, do you just exist? What is it about making the most of each day? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it tackles a lot of big questions, um, but I think in a really lovely way and just through the characters, like the character, character, character. That's the, <laughs> the key thing with this. They're so good. Oh, um, it's just really well-developed characters. And yeah. this book has been really popular yeah. in the library. It's part of our young adult fiction mm-hmm. collection. So it's a book that's written for slightly older teenagers, mm-hmm. but it's been hugely popular and a lot of the kids are excited that yeah. it's, it's in the works to get made into a film yes. or a TV series. Oh, um, I, I think... I think a film. I don't think a TV yeah. series. I, I don't know if a TV series would work because it is the space over, over the space of a day. But then again, it is so action packed. I don't know. I don't, well, it'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens. I think it's been mm-hmm. in the works for a couple of years, so yeah. it might not be any time soon. But mm-hmm. something to look forward to yeah, anyway. Definitely. Oh well. Well, that yeah. So available in the library, maybe because, <laughs> because of popular demand. Demand. But I also I'm going to put that my copy in my class library. So if anyone needs to borrow it, they can come and borrow it from me. I am so pleased that we have Mrs McGarry in to talk about the books that have that have captured our interest and sparked our imagination. And uh, I can't believe we haven't had Mrs McGarry on before, to be honest, because you're such an avid reader. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Welcome. Nice oh, to have you. I know. Thank you very much for having me. 
So we, we had uh, problems narrowing down the questions we were going to ask you, but we've settled on five. Uh, mm -hmm. So I wondered if we could kick off with you telling us the book that you're reading now. Okay, so the book that I'm reading just now, I'm actually on book nine of a series um, called The Expanse. Have you heard of that? No. Is that a TV show as well? Yes. Yeah, um, yes. I've seen that. That's been problematic it. for me, but I'll come back to that, <laughs> okay. right? Um, yeah, so The Expanse is written by James S.A. Corey, which is actually a joint pen name for Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank. And this is my first foray into space. Ooh. Because um, I bought, just recently, over recent years, kind of really since lockdown, I've started dipping my toe in different genres. And, mm -hmm. and so this is my first voyage into space. I didn't think I was going to like it, but I was assured by a friend that it's really good, so I thought, okay, I'll give it a go. And basically, humanity has moved on to live on Mars and live on other planets, and then the people who are living in all these different planets and asteroid belts come under attack from an unknown, kind of, it's like a cell, it's almost like a cell, like a, a biological cell material called the proto-molecule, and um, and it's it's basically nine books about how they go to war with the proto-molecule and, and the bigger thing that comes out of that as well. So it's actually been an amazing read, mm -hmm. a really good read. So this is the final book of this the series? This is the last book. And he is, so far, I'm probably about mm, a third of the way through it. And it looks as though he's going to wrap it up in right. this book. But I can't decide which way it's going to go. But however, I did know it was on television and I thought, right, I'm not going to watch it till I finish the books because you have an image in your head of the characters yeah. and you, you've built up the characters to what you think they look like and who they are. And, and I thought, no, I'm not going to watch it, I'm not going to watch it. And then I, I just got, no, I have to watch it, I have to watch it because <laughs> I love the books so much. They were all fairly spot on, actually. I would say it's one of the best representations of a book that I've watched because I'm not, I don't often enjoy mm. book to film mm -hmm. um, or book to TV, but actually it's one of the better ones. So I would recommend it. That's quite a feat when it's a series that's yeah. so long and yeah, and they've left it probably. Um, there's probably mm, probably still the best part, book six, seven, eight, nine to cover. So they've left <laughs> themselves mm -hmm. wide open. So I really hope they do more. But um, yeah, I would recommend it mm. for my first dip into space. It's been really really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. What book would you like to read next? I'm also a huge Stephen King fan, as Pamela yes. knows. Oh, yep. <laughs> yes, Stephen King had fan, yep. many discussions <laughs> about um, The Stand and various other books. So I'm working my way through his list of 80 at the moment. I've read, um, I wrote it down, I have read 23 out of the 80. Oh, wow. That's, wow. I've read That's 23 amazing. out of the 80. Amazing. Um, so the next one I'm going to read, once I've finished The Expanse, is Needful Things. I don't know if you've read that. Have you, heard, have you read have, that one? Yeah, I have. That comes highly recommended. Did that, you enjoy it? 100%. It was it's a long time ago. I would have uh -huh. been maybe 20 years ago that I read that book. Right. So I could tell you very little about it. Just remember that it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think the gist of it is that a chap um, opens a, a kind of shop where you can buy anything that your hearts desire. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that he asks for payment is a small token payment, but also that you do a small deed of his choice. And then the, I think the town kind of erupts into chaos as everyone starts pranking each other and carrying out these deeds. And I think it gets a bit out of hand. So that's that's what it says on the book. So mm. give it a go. So, so the list of 80 mm. that you're yeah. working your way through. Wow. Yeah. Twenty twenty three did I say I've read? Yeah. What's been do you have a favourite out of the twenty three so far? Or sorry, that's Pamela, a question. Do I have a favourite? <laughs> yes, I think you do. <laughs> the stand, yeah. The stand was definitely my favourite. Um and after that the Dark Tower series. That was just amazing. 
Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Have you read The Dark Tower? No. Have you read The Dark Tower? No, this is one member. I keep saying that I, I'm going to start it, but I haven't. I can't find anyone who's read it, and I need to discuss the ending with someone, because the ending actually took my breath away. Dan yeah, he's the last Dara. gunslinger in the universe, yeah. and oh, it's just fantastic. It's based on the child rolling to the Dark Tower came, the line from the poem, oh, and okay. so it's all about Roland and it follows him, the last gunslinger. They made that into a film as well, film was rubbish. but it was a film was rubbish. Not rated. No, not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I was really disappointed in that. Mm -hmm. Actually, I find I don't... I've been reading Stephen King books and then watching the film, and I don't think his books translate into film mm -hmm. very well. I don't know. They, they just lose something. Pet Cemetery, I thought, was just really disappointing. I watched that for the first time a year or two ago, and I, I was quite disappointed by it. I oh. think there's only... Misery is the only film I can think of. I was of just thinking, yeah. Misery is great. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Green Mile was great, mm -hmm. and um, The Shining obviously, mm -hmm. was great. But they're the only three, I would say, that of his that I've watched that are really good. I remember reading, I don't know if it's changed now, but I remember an interview where they, they asked him what he thought of the, the films, of his books, and he said he was annoyed because there was still one book that hadn't been turned into a film, Rose Matter. Um, so I don't know if they've made that into a film now and right. rectified his annoyance. But it's, mm -hmm. it's incredible when you think how many films there are out there because Absolutely. Stephen King wrote all these mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. Also, so he, has he written 80 books? Sorry, this yeah, is me just... Like, I have the list. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I did not realise he'd written that much. See, and that's just his own books. He's, he's, he also has written under a other pen name of well, Richard Bachman. So there's all those ah, books. Mm -hmm. And then there's all the short stories as well. Yeah. So I love his short stories. I've so not read much. any of the short stories yet. Oh, do, do you know what I will loan you? Um, if you don't mind, you've probably got enough to read from that. <laughs> but one of my favourite short, short story of all time is by Stephen King. It's called The Last Rung on the Ladder. And, right. And it's a very short story. It's not a horror story. Uh -huh. And it's just the best I've ever read. Right. Just absolutely amazing. It's very short to read. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, let me read it. I'll loan it I'd to really you. like Hopefully that, yeah. it won't take you too, too much away from the list. Of I know, <laughs> I know. It's just it's such a long list. I have had a wee break for a while. I've been reading, um, obviously, The Expanse. And prior to that, I was reading Dan Abercrombie. Have you read oh, him? Yeah, yeah. Fantasy mm -hmm. fiction. Yeah. yeah, he was really good as well. But it's time to get back to Stephen. I love missing. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking a lot about the books that you're reading now and about what you want to go on reading. Uh -huh. But I wondered, could you share your earliest reading memory? When you ask me that question, the first thing, and it, it's so fresh in my memory, uh, was the elf, the elves and the shoemaker, and it was a wee ladybird book. Do you mm -hmm. remember the wee ladybird yeah, books yeah, that had the hard paper cover? And um, and I had I had reams of them. But every night it was the it was the elf and the shoemaker, and they and I still remember the pictures. They were so colourful, they were so vibrant, and they, that has always been a very early mem reading memory. I don't remember, uh, I remember other books obviously in that series, but that was my favourite. And I think occasionally my mum and dad would say, "No, we're not reading that." But please, <laughs> I must have been able to recite mm -hmm. it from yeah. memory. Uh -huh. Uh, it was a, it's a, a great book and I actually saw it you can get it on Amazon now mm -hmm. they've started reproducing these ladybird books yeah, yeah. but the, the colours just aren't quite as I remember them and the pictures on the front slightly different I loved the picture on the front of the book yeah. I could have just mm -hmm. looked at that all night I used to love it so yeah that was almost my, that was my favourite childhood book for a long time uh, and then I'm, after that I moved on to Enid Blyton and I think I read Every Enid Blyton book there was. I was going to say, if you're, if you're going through a list of 80, I'm sure there would have been about equivalent for, or more, more for Absolutely. Enid Blyton. Absolutely, yeah. mm -hmm. absolutely. didn't like Famous Five, though. I was Did a Secret not? Seven. Mm -hmm. Oh, I preferred Secret Seven as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we must <laughs> be on the same page. I think so. <laughs> um, so, right, I'm going to ask you the hardest question, and I'm sorry to put, the, put you on the um, spot like this, uh -huh. but what is your favourite book? Oh, I really found that really difficult mm -hmm. to think about, because... 
I want to say The Stand, and The Stand was a fabulous book. I thought The Stand was like a, a fairy tale for grown-ups almost. It was, it, was, it was fabulous. However, the book that I always come back to when I think about a book that moved me and touched me and was shocking and heartfelt and kind of every emotion, mm. I always come back to A Thousand Splendid Sons by Khaled yeah. Cassini. I bet that's great, a great book. Fantastic so book. Yeah, really um, and literally you're crying with the character. Mm -hmm. It just was... And it, it was also kind of informative to to hear about the war, you know, from, from that side mm -hmm. of things and hear how it really was for the real people in the country at the time. And it helped you visualise what, what they went mm -hmm. through and... Especially you know, when it got to the bit about stoning and mm. stuff. It was just horrific. Mm -hmm. Utterly horrific. And you just it was a real lesson in humanity and yeah. um and, and yeah, cried at that book, laughed at that book. I just I went on that journey with mm -hmm. that with the character. It was just amazing. Yeah, um, that, that's what I was um, talking about with someone else the other day about books that actually stay with you. So a little mm -hmm. part of you is still mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. the character sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I still I often think about that book. And think, my good, my goodness, what happened to that woman? You know, it's, mm -hmm. and and that and and by the way, that's probably real. I know it's a fiction story, but you'll yeah. have done a lot of research yeah. for that book, yeah. you know. And mm -hmm. you think this isn't come, this isn't made up. This mm -hmm. is this is happening. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was that was a real gripping read, a real, a real emotional journey. That one. So this next question is probably maybe just as difficult. <laughs> and we wondered if you could tell us who your favourite writer is. Same thing. <laughs> Maybe not that difficult at all then. Not that difficult. Not that difficult. Um, I love I love the way he um, develops his characters. I just think his characters are amazing. It just turns them into like real people and it's like people you could meet. Absolutely, they're just normal everyday people who just find themselves in these situations, and you just think, wow, they're just so relatable. And his story. One book I read um, of his, which I didn't like. I don't know if you've read it, Pamela. Desperation. Have you read that one? No, that's not one I've read. That was the one. That was one that I read, and I was quite disappointed in that one. It was just a wee bit of a stretch of the imagination. That one for me, but every other book, just outstanding. Just I love his characters. I love, I love how you know he, he builds communities as well. You know, like a lot of his books are set around Castle Rock, so you're, mm. it's all relatable to other books as well. It's a nice feeling when you read one of his books and you recognise a character from, from one another that, yeah, book. Uh -huh. It's That's a great right. feeling. You That's feel right. like he's actually built, as you say, a community, a world, uh -huh. like, that you could travel to a different place and see characters mm -hmm. from one of his other books there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I ask, how did you discover Stephen King? I had never read Stephen King. And during lockdown, my son-in-law-to-be said, oh, she kept saying, Shirley, you need to read The Stand. That's a really good book for lockdown because it's you know a real big, big read, mm -hmm. you know. And I was like, right, right, right. Okay, I will, I will. And then I started the stand at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. And of course, the stand starts with a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what on earth has he got me reading here? I'm going to be having nightmares. But obviously it doesn't develop. It develops from there and it's, it's not the same thing. Um, but um, that's what introduced me to him. And, and that book just blew me away. And then Adam said, you know, if you like that, you'll need to try the Dark Tower. Try the Dark Tower. And he went on and on and on at me. You need to read the Dark Tower. He was on book four or something at that point. I was like, right, I'll read it. I've finished it. He's still not finished it. Oh, really? And I'm like, I need to discuss the ending with you. And I can't find anyone to discuss the ending with. 
And and every time we, we, we're in the house or we're having dinner or whatnot, and I'll go, see that bit at the end? And you will go, don't tell me, don't tell me. Because <laughs> you're not allowed to spoil the ending. I'm just absolutely desperate to discuss the ending. So I'm actually tempted, I feel like we should start reading this. Yeah. So we can discuss it. Yeah, yeah. Wait, honestly. We'll need to read it yeah. or, or find someone in the meantime. It'll take you a while. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll, I'll try the department. There'll be, surely there'll be somebody find in the department. Find somebody who's finished yeah. the dark turf because <laughs> I need to discuss the ending with someone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, could I ask another, just this is another question. Sure. You're talking at the start about your, you're like, you're exploring new genres. What's your next genre? What are you going for? Have you decided or what would you I haven't decided. It tends to just happen organically. Mm-hmm. So space for me was a real, a real, a real diversion. Um, I don't know where I'm going to go next, but I think it's good to kind of, I didn't, I read lots of books, you know, like Emma Blair and, and sort of just romantic novels mm-hmm. and, and I read loads of those and, and, and enjoyed many many of them i've read great books over the years but having moved into these fantasy fiction or horror mm-hmm. or, these are a real it's a real mm-hmm. eye-opener for me it's like oh actually these are better stories mm-hmm. I don't know, that's than thing. just girl mm-hmm. meets guy fall in love mm-hmm. have children somebody dies and that's that which is the plot line of a lot of these kind of books you know somebody gets heartbroken somewhere along the line <laughs> I, I did go back after I had read The Stand and after I'd read The Dark Tower, I went back and I read, I can't remember what author it was by, but one of these kind of, you know, one of those kind of novels. And I found that Stephen King has spoiled me <laughs> for for many other types, for those types of books again. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it. I thought, oh, I've moved on to mm-hmm. bigger reading now. Do you know, that's the thing, it's about mm-hmm. finding great stories. Mm-hmm. I think genres can be really helpful mm-hmm. because they can guide you in what to read next. And I find it quite mm-hmm. useful for recommending. But then that sense that there's other great stories mm-hmm. out there. And if you just stay within a certain genre, you've not, you're kind you're of depriving ex- yourself. Yeah, absolutely, almost, uh, you're not exploring. Um, and, and I started reading a, another one of Adam's recommendations, which I've finished and he hasn't. There <laughs> seems to be a theme here. was mm-hmm. Dan Abercrombie. And it was the first Law Trilogy. I think I spoke to you about these in the summer. It does ring a bell. I've not um, read them. They were fabulous books, uh, and they were fantasy fiction. They were a bit Game of Thronesy, mm-hmm. and that was really different. Mm-hmm. Again, that was the first time I've dipped my toe into that. Loved them, absolutely loved mm-hmm. them, and I, and I actually I probably would read those again. Mm-hmm. That's one set of books I probably would read again. They were fantastic books, and I've I've kind of I haven't got it. I should have written it down. I haven't brought it with me, but I spent some time in Waterstones at the fantasy fiction section, mm-hmm. and uh, I wrote down a whole list of series authors who have series based on fantasy fiction. I thought, I'm going to read them next. (laughs) (laughs) I do, I read in a Kindle now rather than a book. Oh yeah. Which loses something, I think. But I need to do it because you can make the font bigger. Ah, okay. My elderly eyes now. (laughs) But the thing about the Kindle, I don't know if if anyone else has ever said this to you, but there's like, people say to me, what are you reading? And I go, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. yes. even your book's lying by your bed, you've got the cover, mm-hmm. yeah, subliminal, and mm-hmm. you're catching that all yeah. the time, and you know what you're reading. Mm-hmm. But if you said to me, "What's the name of book nine of the Expanse?" Having a clue. <laughs> you know, it's true. You do. I know because mm-hmm. you get used to you get to know the cover, and yeah. you really, you know. So you were talking about the cover of the Ladybird book, mm-hmm. and you just you start you you don't get that same association with Kindle. So although it's great in many ways, mm-hmm. and making the difference in how it looks is one huge benefit. Mm-hmm. That's the bit I miss mm-hmm. about ebooks. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. I do. I do miss having the cover and the texture and the smell of a book mm-hmm. and the feel of a book, but 
it, it's just too easy to make the font bigger so that I can read it and enjoy it. So no, you've got, you've got to have access to the story. You've got to have access important. to the story. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming yeah. on. I've had a blast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I learned a lot about Stephen King. This is great. I didn't realise did 80 books. 80 I can't books. Get, I can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's just for starters, really, isn't it? Have you read that's, any Stephen King? I've read a few. Um, I've read The Shining, Misery, and one other one, and the name I can't remember. I could look at the list of eighty and probably find it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna add Dark Dark Tower to my list so I can talk to you about it. So make sure you do. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's on my list. Convenient. Yes. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> uh, So this feature probably should have been done at the end of 2022, but that didn't happen uh, for various reasons. But we thought before we take on this new year, we thought we'd do a review of 2022 and all the things that we read, best films and best TV shows, our favourite things from last year. So, uh, Miss McLean, what was your best book of the year? What would you give an award to? I was waiting all year for this <laughs> one book to be published. I don't know if this has ever happened to you before. I'd been. It was a non-fiction mm-hmm. book. It was called How to Tell a Story. It was mm-hmm. ba- based on the Moth podcast, which I've spoken yep. about before, where people stand up and tell true stories about mm-hmm. things that have happened to them in their life. And I thought, this is great, because this mm-hmm. book's going to help me tell a story. And it was meant to be published in April last year, and it got pushed back oh. <laughs> to September. So there's a lot of build-up okay. for this book. And I got it for my birthday, and it's one of the best books oh. I've ever read. <laughs> Thank goodness, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, if I had that big build-up, I mm. thought this is going to disappoint me with this book, but it was everything I wanted it to be. You've already started putting some of the things into mm. practice, and I'll definitely be reading it again, mm-hmm. and maybe buying a copy for the library as well. So that's a hands-down my book of the year. Mm. What nice. about yourself, Mr. Uh, uh, best book for me. Um, so as you all know from from listening to this, I've been very much stuck in the ancient world for a year and a half now. So the best book for me was definitely A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes. It's about the Trojan War told from the perspective of women, lots of different women, very strong women, women who've kind of often been cast aside or vilified. And I really enjoyed hearing their perspectives. So yeah, I was actually, I was struggling which one to pick of Natalie Haynes because I read quite a few, but I think A Thousand Thousand Ships was definitely the one for me for last year. That's really good to hear because I remember, as you say, through the year, there was, you'd read so many and really dived into that world. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's good though because I feel like um, the names are all kind of, they're, they're sticking now so I was reading uh, another Natalie Haynes book it was Medusa over the holiday R.I.P. poor book because I spilt soup all over it so oh, uh, no. I gave it yeah I gave it to Miss Marks I'm really actually quite embarrassed to give it to her I don't know why I gave her a soup covered <laughs> book but it was that it was so good that the soup doesn't matter <laughs> but yeah so it was nice it was good reading Medusa and think and I was like oh hang on I recognize that name from this story and things like that so I feel like I'm, I've got a better picture of who the characters are and how they how they link to each other from reading or from immersing myself in, in those worlds so yeah, it's good. Brilliant. And so the next one, we, we decided to divide what we were yeah. watching into films film and, and film, in TV. Film and TV. So we start with film. What was your film yeah. of the year? A late contender. Um, so <laughs> I actually, over the holidays, I saw the advert on Netflix for the Knives Out series. So I watched both the first Knives Out film and Glass Onion. I love them both, but I really loved the first one, the Knives Out one, just because it's just a great whodunit. It's so, so good. Excellent actors in it. I really love Daniel Craig's really hammy southern accent. What's his name? Benoit, Benoit Blanc. Like, or is that his name? I think. <laughs> I can't even remember. It's terrible. But it's just, his accent's just... 
I, I don't know if it's bad. I think it's bad, but I love it. Like it's, deliberately bad? I don't, or... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but it's just really hammy. But it's just, it's so good and well done and what a cast. And yeah, it is some cast. It. I've never seen either of them. Oh, but... I can't, I can't recommend them enough. The second one's also really good as well. You're definitely being gaslit while you're watching the film. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, right, um, okay. Yeah, it's it's quite, at the end you're like, what? <laughs> what's just happened? But yeah, I can't, can't recommend them enough. But yeah. Oh. What about for you? What was, what was best film for you? Well, there's two. One okay. of them's legitimately a film from uh, 2022, and the other one was technically released at the end of 2021, but mm-hmm. I saw it in 2022, so I thought I could maybe get away with that, um, and which is Spider-Man No Way Home. <gasps> yeah. Um, so I just uh, loved it. I know lots of lots of people in the mm-hmm. school have seen the seen the film, and uh, I've had lots of conversations about how good it is, and I don't want to spoil anything, mm-hmm. but I felt like it brought together. Like everything I loved about Spider Man from yeah. my childhood and growing up, and brought it together with everything I love about the current Spider Man, yeah. and it was a, it was an amazing film, a really long one, but it felt yeah. like it went yeah, in a flash. it was long, but it didn't. I don't think it felt too long. I think it's just because they they introduced. I don't want to give away too much, but there's like a big major sort of nostalgic moment and that's introduced at the right time and then you're like oh this is great <laughs> and then you're back in it again it's good oh just brilliant storytelling and my other one is a film called after sun right. which was i don't know exactly when it was released but i only saw it like you mm-hmm. over the christmas mm-hmm. holidays and it's about a dad and his wee girl mm-hmm. who go on holiday it all got captured on camcorder mm-hmm. and video camera so it's set in the 90s in the mid 90s and she's watching it back as an adult and it's so interesting because it feels like part of it's my childhood. Oh. The, the, the circumstance is completely different. Mm-hmm. The type of holiday they went on, mm-hmm. I watched the film and I felt like I'd been taken back in time yeah. and I was getting to see mm-hmm. like what it was like to be on holiday, all the 90s fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, we girl was listening to Steps at one point yes. on, our, on our cassette or Walkman <laughs> yeah. and everything. Um, and it was just, I, the whole story, the story itself was beautiful, mm-hmm. it made me cry. It was just an absolutely wonderful film. Mm-hmm. So I had to I had to choose two of them a blockbuster and a, a kind of more indie. Where, where is After Sun on any? You can get it on Mubi, um, which right. I think is an, a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I think some cinemas are still showing mm-hmm. it as a bit of a kind of throwback because it was one of the yeah. bigger films of the year. TV, yeah. TV. Where would you go for TV? <laughs> uh, mine was very late. I I, I could think of I like so mm-hmm. many TV shows that yeah, I watched. It was a good year. Uh, Wednesday. When oh yeah. Wednesday, absolutely, I just loved it. Watched the Adams Family. I feel like a lot of the things I'm choosing are things that I was like, well, this is stuff I liked when I was <laughs> Nostalgia. <laughs> now, now it's yeah. come back. Yeah. Um, but uh, Christina Ritchie, who was the who was my Wednesday mm-hmm. Adams, playing a character in it just to perfection. Mm-hmm. And um, I cannot now remember the name of the actor who plays Wednesday. Can you remember? Uh, so Jenna you? Ortega. Um, masterful. Yeah, she's so good. Brilliant. So, so good. Brilliant and just great storytelling, brilliant characters. And I think there's is eight or nine episodes. Mm-hmm. And again, over the Christmas holidays, mm-hmm. watched it all. Cannot wait for the second series, which I think has just been confirmed. Oh, good. So that's my, my pick. It's, it's really good. It's good. I really like it. I'm, I'm halfway through at the moment. I just, I think the way it looks is really cool. Like the costumes are great. Like, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to like about it. And the story's also very good as well. Mm-hmm. Cracking. What about you? What was your TV show of the year? Um, so I, I was really struggling, um, not in terms of like I couldn't think of anything, just too many things to think about. For me, it was House of the Dragon, without a doubt, because I actually really missed it. Um, like it was the highlight of my week on a, like on a Monday, coming home after a really long day. I've just put House of the Dragon on, and the characters were just amazing. The story was great. Yeah. Just, uh, I know some people were kind of a bit put off by the time jumps. I wasn't. I really liked the fact that you could see the character development, and also the just the the actors who played the younger versions and the older. It just phenomenal. 
yeah, and I can't wait for the next one. I'm devastated. I'm going to have to wait till 2024. So I yeah. know I seem to be really <sighs> getting to see it this year, but I suppose mm-hmm. these things take time. <sighs> it's still frustrating. I know, I know. Now, this is, I'm building up to my big moment okay. now in my carpet because I made it one of my New Year's resolutions. I was telling you before we recorded it that my sister made me practice over the holidays, so I'm about to ask you the question I've never asked okay. you before, which is, what you read? Yay! <laughs> That's amazing. That's so good. I can't wait to tell everyone that you've done that now. <laughs> it's so good. So what am I reading? Um, so I am reading The Seven Moons of Mali Almeida by Shihan Karuna Talaka. It was nominated and won the Booker Prize last year. Uh, yeah, I actually didn't realise that um, until I saw the sticker on it, but it was uh, it was the front cover that really drew me in. It was just beautiful. Basically, it's set in Sri Lanka during the 1980s where there was a lot of, I think there was a, there was a war, a lot of political um, unrest, people being killed, like a part of history that I know nothing about. The character, Mali Almeida, is a, he is a war photographer. Um, he's also gay. And at the time in Sri Lanka, to be gay, severely frowned upon to say the least. But basically, he is killed and he goes to the afterlife so it kind of starts in the afterlife and he has seven days to figure out who who killed him what happened but also when he was taking pictures of things that have happened in the war he's taking pictures of things that could potentially cause the government to be brought down so he has to try and get a message via the afterlife to his friend to find the negatives for the pictures of these incriminating acts it's very good it's yeah it's really really good it's taken me a while to get into it because because uh, I'm not familiar with history, so I'm trying to get used to the, the names of the particular, the political groups and the major figures. But yeah, it's really compelling read. It's really good. What about yourself? What are you reading just now? I've just finished The Road by Cormac McCarthy about 15 years after everybody else because <laughs> um, this is this is mm-hmm. the new book that we've picked for the challenge group. Okay, yeah. um, so Miss Marks had read it before. Uh, and she gave a great description of it, which is that it's not a it's not a book that's going to make you happy, but I mm-hmm. think you'd be glad that you read mm-hmm. it. And I don't think I've ever read a book mm-hmm. so fast. Mm-hmm. If you you hear about what it's about, so it's set in a post-apocalyptic world, mm-hmm. and it's about a dad and his wee boy, and they're on this road, and they're basically trying to survive. And you never get a sense of exactly mm-hmm. what's happened. Mm-hmm. But just as we were talking to Mrs. McGarry about mm-hmm. uh, about feeling like a part of you stayed with these characters. Mm-hmm. I feel like a part of me is going to stay on that road forever yeah. because it was just, um, it's kind of difficult to describe it mm-hmm. because that's all the book's about and about the people they meet and what happens to them. But it was just phenomenally written and, and an incredible story. Mm. I cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs> <at the book. laughs> See what everyone else thought of when, it. When is it? Is it? It is two weeks away. Two weeks. So quite, quite a while. As I say, I ended up, I had my tea break and I had my lunch break yesterday mm-hmm. and I'm furiously reading it trying to finish, finish it before my break ended. So are you ready to do the second part? <laughs> Sorry. Or I think so. Okay. I can do it. I can do it. Okay. okay. No big build up here. Okay. What you watching? Yes. <laughs> um, so what am I watching at the moment? I am watching The Bold Type. It was out a couple of years ago but it's just really good. Really feel good. But I only kind of just got on on the bandwagon now but yeah it's about three girls who are friends they're kind of in their mid-twenties they work for a women's magazine called Scarlet one of them's a writer one of them is like the head of social media the other one is an assistant but has aspirations to work in fashion you can tell this is really highbrow <laughs> but it's it's really compelling just because the three girls really love each other like it's about female friendship and they all just really love and support each other and it's, it's nice and uplifting it's a, it's a good watch so it was, it, I, I kind of binged that over the holidays and I'm 
almost finished series four and I think series five is coming out soon. Yeah. What about yourself? What are you watching? I am watching, actually it was a recommendation you'd made for The White Lotus. <gasps> yes. I'm not very far into okay. it. Episode three of the first season. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> the music. Yeah, oh, the music is the mu- astonishing. Wait until you reach series two. The music, there are Instagram videos, it's on TikTok. Oh, really? um, yeah, the theme mu- they change up the theme music for series two and okay. it is a banger. It's really, really good. So, so it's an improvement on... Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, so good. Because it's not often I comment on the music of a TV show, so for <laughs> yeah. me to comment on it, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty wild and different. Great performances. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Coolidge, as promised, Love has been... Her phenomenal so far we've um yeah had lots of great mm-hmm. moments but the cast are just amazing yeah. the, the, the actor who plays the character who runs the resort oh yeah very well, impressed was great yeah. absolutely phenomenal so a great recommendation and um hopefully by the next time we've done this i'll have got to the end of season two because there's not very many six ep- no, episodes no, yeah there aren't there aren't many so i'll um, try and make them last yeah yeah that's a good i'm terrible i'm the opposite i was like i'm gonna binge it all this is great <laughs> i can watch it all in a day <laughs> terrible <laughs> for book leather fact fiction and fabulousness please join us next time for more book chat and discussion and until then keep sharing stories bye